And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 87 today, uh, DMT Machine Elves and the Law of Attraction uh, with our buddy Jack from Trip Whip. Um, you can check us out at patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. For just $2 a month, you get some exclusive content. Uh, I'll be uploading some new stuff on there as well. Uh, check us out at Mike and, uh, Maurice MindEscape.com, uh, Instagram.com, Mike underscore N underscore Maurice, and Twitter.com at MikeEscape. So what's going on, Jack? How are you? Good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's like our third time, I think. I'm, uh, this has become like a bit of a habit now. I'm liking it. Yeah, yeah, I like your content. You're, you know, obviously you keep pumping out new videos, and uh, I think you have a good take and a good grasp on kind of, um, you know, the DMT realm and different psychedelics and stuff like that. So uh, I like to get your take on it. Um, you know, we just try like to balance it out. We've had scientists on talking about these things, but I like to hear people's interpretations of it too, because I don't think that. Um, psychedelics are a weird a weird one you know because you're you're in an altered state but you're able to like walk around and interact with things which you're not really doing when other people let's say have out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences like those are things that you're kind of immobilized but this is something you're walking around you know with the ability to um, interact with this kind of alternate universe if you will so um What's any recent experiences that you've had, or? See, um, there's something I'm coming into contact with now. So I'm going to be releasing a video shortly, actually called um, something like "Are Nang Psychedelic?" Let's find out. And uh, I don't have like a particular lot experience, a particular uh, big deal amount of experience, at least with Nangs. Like compared to like some of my friends who are smashing these things, like 300 Nangs a night, sort of thing, like. I think in my life I could probably count the amount of things I've done on two hands, but um, uh, I did. Well, that's probably not true, but <laughs> I did try some things uh, on film with my friend, and um, the experience was hectic. Like I kind of pushed it a little bit to uh, pour the video, but um, it ended up taking me to this place. And as soon as I was there, I was like, "Yeah, I've been here a few times," and. Um, it was something about, that's kind of what inspired the Law of Attraction video that actually I haven't released yet. It's going to be being released today. Um, but it's kind of about just the extent to which we create our reality. And I'm still kind of coming in, into terms with that. I don't, yeah, I, it's it's something that I'm, I'm still trying to work out. But um, yeah, I guess that's that's where I'm up to at the moment. And um, that's why like, I'm, I'm all about science. Like, I don't like to say things which are going to go against science, but um, I think there's just, uh, in a lot of scientific minds, there's always big difference between the scientists who have taken psychedelics and the scientists who haven't taken psychedelics, I've noticed. Um, Because the the scientists who have taken psychedelics, they're like, oh, we can all, like, cut this off to a change in chemistry and things like that. Um, But the guys who have taken it, they realize just how profound that itself means it's like okay if 
you can really carve this off to just a change in chemistry. I got to say then that every experience we're having, you can cut off to just chemistry. And you can, if you can just write off the psychedelic experience by saying it's just chemicals in your brain playing with you, you can absolutely write off the sober experience as just by, by just saying it, they're just chemicals fucking with you. Um, and I think that's kind of where I'm at at the moment where it's like just how much of our reality right now is just the mind playing with you. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that's where I'm up to. That's what I'm trying to like, figure out. And that's where my video is going to be leading for a while until I get something that satisfies me. Yeah. We, um, I don't know. It was a couple months ago. We had, uh, Dr. Andrew Gallimore on who wrote the book alien information theory. Um, and that's somebody that's obviously, you know, he's worked with Dr. Rick Strassman and they're working on a, a new experiment to keep people under for a longer period of time, almost like how they, um, administer like uh anesthetics or anesthesia um so it's going to be something similar to that you know the technology where they're going to keep people under in that realm for a longer period of time as opposed to like you know the spirit molecule where they just um you know basically sh blip. yeah shot people yeah. up and then they went into that world for you know Shorter you mean under like on DMT. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they're gonna administer it uh, intravenously. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> so that's gonna be an adventure. <laughs> yeah, those, those are some brave participants, man. Like, wow. We were we were asking if we could come along and video and then do some filming. Yeah. But yeah, I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. <laughs> they're probably yeah. they're probably doing their own filming. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so he's he's familiar with it. He's done it, um, and um, he kind of equates the thing to, you know, kind of uh, this alternate there, this this alternate reality. You know, like this. Maybe you're seeing more of reality. We've talked about this last time, or maybe two times ago, when you were on how possibly dmt could be this like lifting of the veil and how maybe we have pareidolia built into our brain you know based on evolution and stuff so we're used to lines and structures and visual acuity and different things so maybe that that's what dmt does it strips you of that so you're literally seeing the chaos of what's really there um but he, you know, energy it, it, in its purest form. Yeah, and he's kind of saying something similar, but also that maybe too that maybe that these entities are aliens, and that's how you you know instead of traversing space through like with an actual ship that could take forever to get there or thousands of light years or whatever the case may be, that that's something that you could communicate with them. You know, maybe using quantum entanglement or whatever, something along those lines. So, yeah. Uh, so that's that's a it's a really interesting one um, because obviously we were talking about just how much you know our subjective filter is obviously going to interpret these experiences and like I can't remember who I was listening to I think it was somebody like Jordan Peterson who was discussing just the manner in which the brain works whereas there is a part of the brain that is simply organizing chaos and that is your like ordered experiences just like our whole experience is us just kind of organizing chaos. And so it is, it is very possible that um, the psychedelic experience is just kind of loosening that order um, and that organizing profile. But at the same time, there's something very different about a psychedelic experience and a chaotic, nonsensical experience. Because, you know, when you go to sleep and you're having a dream, 
it's like, oh, sorry, when you go to sleep and um, do you ever have those thoughts where you just start thinking the most random stuff and you're like, what even am I saying? Like, what do you mean walking a sandwich? Like, what does that even mean? Like, do you ever have those kind of like hell random thoughts as you go into sleep? Sure. Well, it's, it's not like that in the psychedelic experience. And that's what a lot of people who haven't taken psychedelics, they think that's what it is. They think it's just the most, like you randomly combining two concepts and all of a sudden the brain makes sense of it. Um, but I've had those sort of chaotic experiences before on drugs and like, as I was just saying, while you're going to sleep, that's not what the psychedelic experience is. The psychedelic experience is like this revelation, this great revelation where it's like you are taken out of something in your mind, uh, prohibit you from understanding a lot of stuff. <laughs> And it just takes you out of there. It's like if you to do a scientific scan, it's because, you know, your brain has access to other parts of your, uh, so your conscious mind has access to other parts of the brain where it normally doesn't, different parts of the lobe are communicating. Mm -hmm. But, um, and, you know, that's probably what's going on. You're just getting um, information more freely and, uh, and you're not prohibited by ordered thinking as much. But I don't know. It's just... Um, well, don't that, we only use like twenty percent of our brain anyway? I think that's false. Something. I, I don't. Yeah. Well, you I don't, don't even know. know. It's like we we take yeah. these things. They might be tapping into another side of the brain. It might be doing things that who God knows what. Yeah, I know what you're we talking about, that, though. I think we. I think we. I think we use more than that old adage that people use. But yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it's at maximum capacity. Um, I think that what you're saying is true, though. I mean whether you're dreaming or about to fall asleep or whatever you're saying, like those weird random thoughts that you have that you're just going over your day or potential or whatever, um, is different. Like, let's say you take four or five grams of psilocybin and sit there. I think that there's something more like what you're saying, revelatory about it. Like when you're there, your, your normal consciousness is you're like a child almost, you know, but in this mindset, things make sense on a whole nother level than they ever made sense before. So I think it's this yeah. weird dichotomy that's happening where if somebody saw you in their own reality, the way you're acting, you would seem like a child, which might not be a bad thing based on what we know, the creativity of children. But when you're in that state, the innocence in, and everything. Yeah, when you're in that state in your head, it's like anything's possible or there's this this openness to thinking, you know, and I think that's why a lot of the visionaries yeah. and even back philosophers, scientists in the early days and stuff, you know, had great breakthroughs using these substances. Totally. And like it is, it's, it's a little break from your standard thinking as well, which can, can help in all sorts of ways. But, um, as for the, the alien, are we in contact with aliens, um, alien intelligence? Like that's something that is so interesting to me as it is most people like aliens is that word that we just love to throw around. But, um, the actually the Nang experience I was having, which I was talking about, um, part of what it was kind of like, I guess, unveiling, possibly unveiling, um, was that, um, everything in your reality is a composition of the human mind. Mind. It's like that's they're, they're, your mind may be representing, or like your senses and your thoughts, or they may be ba based on an outside reality. Might be you might be in a brain in like a in a tank somewhere, hmm. but it's like um, <laughs> it's like uh, even if they do represent something, you will only ever experience yourself. 
And so when we come into contact with these like alien intelligences and uh, things like that, they're, they're actually concepts inside your brain that have been passed down from somewhere. And so these archetypes, that's why we like to kind of like brush aside um, experiencing gestures and things like that. We're like, they're just archetypes. Like, that's all they are. But what is an archetype? Somewhere in, you, in your life, you came into contact with somebody and you said that they, you just, you created this, this one archetype, but you, you, you put them in this folder archetype or jester because that uh, entity was already somewhere in your mind. This jester entity was already somewhere. It's like this, um, it's this energetic being uh, that helps your consciousness develop. And your consciousness has all these different energetic beings like jester, like, um, the, the father entity, all these things, they're all there and they're helping put your mind together. Sorry, I'm using this video to try and help me like try and make sense of this last name trip because it's confusing me still. <laughs> but that's like alien intelligence, alien entities, they are one of these uh, archetypes. So we might be in contact with an alien intelligence in the cosmos, but the only thing that we know of is that we are in contact with um, an alien intelligence inside our mind. Um, so, yeah, somewhere in our mind is this foreign entity. Yeah, I mean, people would talk about, like, Jung and, like, the subconscious and different stuff like that. Um, and we've talked about that. Yeah, it's I think quite interesting. You've, had, you've been on before where we've talked about that, too. Um, the subconscious is weird, though. You know, like, even when you it meditate and, and um, you know... I've even tried like hypnotherapy and stuff like that too. Like it's just this weird thing where, yeah, you feel better. I still don't think it's the same thing as psychedelics though. Like even when you're, you're in that state, you know, even, even so like, that's what I wanted to talk about too is meditation while on psychedelics and the difference between that and then normal meditation. So what have you been doing that recently? I know we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but. Yeah, I, I was doing a, a period there where I was doing um, uh, like meditation every day. Um, and apparently, uh, I, you know, I've talked to a few people who said that they can have the psychedelic experience through sober meditation. Um, I've had the psychedelic experience on the Ajna light that I was talking about. And um, oh, yeah, yeah that, that I've now had two or three psychedelic experiences on the Ajna light, even though I use it a lot. It is fucking insane. Like, um, we gotta get our hands on one of these bad boys. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And it, for some people, it does nothing. And you know, sometimes for me, it's just a light flashing in my eyes it does nothing. But, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but then uh, these three times, I, I um, had such a bizarre experience. And it's a bit like again, the way I define it as a psychedelic experience is that it's not chaotic. It seems to be ordered, and it seems to be distilling some sort of information. Because like I've had floats in my sensory deprivation tanks. Um, obviously, that's where it works. So I try and take advantage of that. And um, they they are actually usually chaotic when they go as deep. It's very dreamlike. Like I'll be the last one I remember. I, I started uh, meditating, and next thing I see this um, lady with like holding a planet in each of her fingers and she was saying something random but it just it didn't mean anything to me it was just very dreamlike and um very chaotic whereas i had a ajna light session where 
um, all of a sudden I, I, I was one of these like sub personalities inside my mind and it was with these other personalities and um, that they looked like ghostly beings or something. They reminded me of the machine elves. They may have been the machine, what I call the machine elves. And they were just kind of chilling there and they were actually working out like something to do with my mind and they were referring to me. They're like, okay. They like, had like a notepad or something and they were like, we last time we were here, we figured out this problem with Jack. Now that we know that, we have to figure out this next problem. And while I was one of these beings, I had a, 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 um, access to his memories and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden I became conscious of what was going on. I was like, wait, like this is like, what the fuck is going on? And then it just like went away and disappeared. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so How way long do these weird. episodes last? Um, that one didn't last that long. That one lasted like, I don't really know. Um, I would have been only under the light for about half an hour to an hour anyway. So it was within that time. So does time, does time seem to dilate or? In, in that experience, it probably did. That's actually all I have. I, I do, I remember uh, going to a place that was very hard for me to make sense of, like visuals. I, I, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I don't understand what I'm seeing. So I just like let go. And then the next thing I was that being. And then I was like, okay, what's going on? And I disappeared. So that was like a period of like five seconds or like 10 seconds where, but I know there was a lot more that was going on that I've just forgotten. That's all. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's weird. And you've talked about before too, some of the stuff that you've, you know, gotten from, um, these realms, you know, and brought back and kind of implemented into your life. Um, do you think that because you've done these things that it's it's made you a better person or maybe kind of made you more mature than people your your age normally? Um, it's definitely made me um, a happier person. Um, I can't – and a stronger person. Um, I don't know about the rest, but obviously it's only been um, probably about two years since I was really using psychedelics properly um, or a lot or frequently. So I don't – I can't say how I'm going to be in like five or six years from now. Uh, but I know thus far I've definitely been a lot um, happier, uh, way happier and um, uh, self-esteem up here now compared to where it was. Um, and a feeling of strong optimism as well. Um, so even if I'm going through diff tough times, like I, my mind would go to a dark place before psychedelics. I don't really know why. Like it would just go, like if something bad was happening, it'd be like hopelessness and all the rest of it. And, and it just doesn't even go anywhere near there now. Yeah. Um, and finally enough, something very similar has happened to my brother. My brother, um, have I talked to you guys about what's happening with my brother at all? No, I mean, I know a little uh, bit. I think I saw you made a post, but why don't you talk about that? He's, oh my God, his transformation is uh, beyond anything. I'm, luckily, I was filming, I've actually captured his transformation on film, which is awesome. But um, I hadn't seen him for like a year. And then I was at work and I get a call from him and he's like, yeah, um, I'm trapped in an upside down uh, parallel universe at the moment. There's a monster who's trying to kill me. And if I leave the house, uh, somebody's going to take my place and die. And if I stay here, I'm going to die. And he was just freaking out. And uh, I was like, you're all right, man. And um, later was realized, uh, like I realized he was on meth and like he had a serious meth addiction and um, was in a meth psychosis. Um, so I finally caught up with him. And um, he looked like shocking, like his lips were just busted open and um, 
skinny as you know the meth had taken a strong toll on him is he older than you younger than you he's 35 okay so yeah um is that a problem over there in in australia too is meth like a big or no not really i mean of all the drugs it is it's like you're not going to walk around and see a lot of meth addicts or anything like that but um meth is the biggest problem we have um in terms of all the drugs uh, drug addictions yeah but um Anyway, he actually started chilling with me and it didn't seem like, you know, he wanted a break because it was too dark for him, but it didn't seem like he was going to get better. His mind was still in the same place. He still had aggressive tendencies and all the rest of it, which he'd already had, always had. And then uh, I showed him Trip Whip and he was like, I really want to try DMT, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. You're in the middle of a psychosis. Like, you don't know what's going to do. Anyway, long story short, he ended up trying DMT, and um, he came out of the experience changed, mm. so changed. He was like, it's all love, and he's like, I have to forgive my parents. I have to shower everyone with love. I have to forgive myself. He has a son, which he's never met, and he's now just like, i got to meet my son. i got to make him you know, feel great. He's gone to church since. He stopped smoking, stopped drinking, stopped doing any sort of drugs. He's been just helping other people get off of their addictions. He's um, trying to get himself a good-paying job. Just behavior-wise, he's such a nice guy now, and he's putting in place. Um, he's trying to get in touch with um, people he hasn't talked to for ages, including his son. The restriction order, restraining order against him and his uh, ex-girlfriend has been lifted because he's changed. Transformation is just yeah. insane. Yeah. Just from one session with DMT. Good for him, man. Yeah, yeah. So this shit definitely has the potential to make you a happier person. That's for sure. Do you think that, um, so is he? Is it something that he just did a couple times and now he's good? Or is it something that he's going to continue to do here and there if needed? Or He doesn't want to do it anymore. He, he, he did it twice. He did it one night and nothing much happened to him. And then the next day he did it again. And I kind of gave him some better parameters. I was like, yeah, meditate this time instead in your room. Um, fast and you know just do these things make it make a bit of a sacrifice so it means something more to you and um, he did these things and he got a lot out of it Um, he got a lot out of it yeah and look obviously I was also filming him at this point and you could say well maybe the fact that he's being filmed made this transformation there's all sorts of other reasons that could of course be responsible but um, in terms of when you can put like an X down to the moment he changed. It was as soon as the meditation on DMT had finished. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I mean, I know obviously if you watch a lot of YouTube videos and go on a lot of forums and stuff, it does help a lot of people. There's some people that do Iboga or, or Ibogaine. Uh, there's some people, you know, there's different avenues for different people. You know, some of the people with depression and OCD and stuff, more psilocybin and MDMA and that and ketamine, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it seems like people that have serious addiction, um, they need that like paradigm shift, you know, like not that, re- you know, some of the lesser psychedelics wouldn't do that, but, you know, DMT or I've never done obviously Ibogaine either. I don't know what that does, but I've heard it's pretty intense. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, I guess it's really especially useful for people who don't realize they have a problem. That's the thing. Like a lot of people like to uh, take DMT and think to themselves, okay, I have like an alcohol problem or maybe I'm just lazy or something like that. Now I take DMT, I'm going to be fixed. It's nothing like that. Um, 
what it does is simply like it may show you the underlying problems for why you're lazy and why you have an alcohol problem. But what it's really better at doing is showing you that you have a problem somewhere where you didn't realize you had a problem. Like for instance, Graham Hancock having a weed addiction, which he didn't realize he just thought he needed weed to help him. Right. Then he takes ayahuasca and he realizes, yes, I have a weed addiction and he stops using the stuff in the same way. Um, and like my brother, I think my brother just didn't realize that love was like the answer to all his problems. As soon as he realized that, he acted on it. So it's not going to make you stronger. It's not going to make you better at acting on the things uh, or the problems in your life. It's just going to simply show you these things. And it's still up to you to go through the hard work and make the changes and crap once you know the blueprint for doing so. That's awesome. Well, hopefully uh, he continues his path and good luck to him. Um, yeah. Do you, so let's get to the law of attraction stuff now. Um, yeah. You recently released a video on your channel. I watched, it was pretty good. Uh, I like kind of your thoughts on it and stuff like that. What um, what was revealed to you so you can tell uh, the people listening, like what was revealed to you um, during this trip where you started to understand the law of attraction or were kind of explained what was going on? All right, so this was from um, uh, a weed uh, trip I had, um, weed meditation. Um, was it edible again, or smoking or vaping? What were it you was, doing? It was just smoking. I hadn't um, I hadn't smoked weed in a, a really long time, and then I decided I want to make this video, so I just I smoked a lot of cones, and then just immediately went into meditation, and and it tripped me out, it, like fully tripped me out, and um, yeah, basically I. I was just, I was taken to like this, um, it looked like this uh, cyber factory. It was like this technological factory um, and everything was made out of white light. Very similar to what a, peop a lot of people refer to in their DMT visuals. Like I've heard a lot of people say, you know, all of my visuals were made out of white light. That's kind of what was uh, going on in, in, in this weed trip. Um, and one of the things I was showing was this, uh, these, uh, so hard to explain, but basically there were like these switch, uh, these light, these C-shaped devices that were flashing these lights, and the lights were so epic. It felt like every time I saw one of these lights flash, it was like an entire Big Bang, like the Big Bang that started our universe. That's what I was seeing flash over and over and over again. Um, and then I saw these uh, light devices pair up with other light devices, and they all started moving like this wave shape. Um, and I could sense that something like time was weaving them together. And uh, that's all I was kind of showing at that point. And then when I came out of it, I, you know, my mind started trying to make sense of it. And, and the first thing it jumped to was that each one of these lights was showing me a moment in time and it didn't have any meaning at all by itself. But then once it was getting paired with these other devices, it started creating a story. You know, it was just two separate moments in our time. Um, and yeah, I, I, then I kind of got a sense that you are able to uh, decide which, or I don't know if you can consciously decide, but something, what we're doing by living our life is we are choosing which moments to pair up with one another. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I compared the law of attraction. I, I, you saw the video, so you know how I compared it to the double, uh, double slit experiment, how um, the fluorescent screen basically collapses the wave function do you want me to explain that part as well or? i mean we just had the last episode um we had a actually a scientist on when we were talking about uh quantum physics and non-duality 
Um, his take on it was more that our senses are kind of lying to us a little bit and that right, yeah. um, what happens or his, you know, theory or idea is, and it's kind of an old one too. It's, it's found in some ancient esoteric works and uh, religious works and stuff of different uh, cultures, but that all there is is consciousness. There is only this one thing and that separation is an illusion and it's almost like we're participating in this game voluntarily um, as this one thing. But so like we, you are God, I am, we are, everything is, is, is God, you know? Um, it's a little bit different than like if people know what pantheism is, which is that the universe is conscious. It's, it's more, uh, it's hard to ex- describe, but people can go back and watch our last video on this. But uh, yeah, the, I, we're familiar with the double slit experiment and, and, um, you know, the collapse, of the wave function and different stuff like that. But, um, so how do you think that that plays into this though? Like, how do you think that, um, because I asked him directly and he said that, yes, largely, you know, they're blasting electrons, but he said it could work on any level. It could work on, you know, whatever it is. It's not just something that happens on a quantum level. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I think, that's why I was relating the double slit experiment to the way that the law of attraction works, because I do think that the quantum level is going to be explaining um, a lot about consciousness, um, if I had to guess. Um, yeah, I, there's definitely a lot of stuff in that area that I want to learn because, um, you know, it's it's kind of like if you think of um, relativity as perhaps measuring how this game or this illusion works. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps uh, quantum mechanic, a uh, quantum theory explains how we are involved with the game, mm. um, and that's why they seemingly don't match up. Um, but at the same time, I think they're just explaining two aspects of reality. Yeah, yeah I mean that makes sense. Um, well, there's the problem right now with all. Of, I mean, first of all, you've got the hard problem with consciousness. They don't really understand what consciousness is from like. Um, uh, materialism standpoint we don't know there's this separation of like classical physics and quantum physics um and every it's kind of at a standstill now where they don't know you know there's a couple people trying to marry the two and finding different theories and different things but it's just at the standstill you know like we haven't had any real breakthroughs i mean you could probably say einstein was the last you know big breakthrough the you know his theory and theory of relativity and all that kind of stuff so yeah we'll see yeah. what happens we need someone to think outside the box i'm sure they are but yeah yeah it might need the help of some influences yeah they might need some psychedelics <laughs> yeah well i mean look they're they're on the path to legalizing psychs now so right. um you, I, I reckon we'll see like some really, some really big changes happening when we, when we realize just how much our uh, consciousness is involved in everything, because of course it is. But like for some reason we don't appreciate that fact. But once people start, you know, like once like you got a professor in physics and he has a buddy who's you know studying um, psychology or psychedelics or something, and then he goes to his buddy and he's like, ah, you know. Maybe you should try some DMT, bro. I think, uh, I think hmm. your physics needs to be like. I think there's there's a new area to be researched. <laughs> I think that'll start happening once we get some psychedelics legalized. Yeah, because I mean, even though we know, you know, like the five HTP two A receptor 
is the serotonin receptor that plays off most of these psychedelics. I mean, you've got the GABA opioid receptor and there's different ones, but that's the main one um, that you have. So even if when we know kind of what's going on with that, I still don't think it really will answer anything. And you have, yeah, I think there's two just school thoughts though. I mean, there are a lot of people, you know, if you go on Facebook or different psychedelic forums and stuff, people say, oh, it's just, hallucinations you know but what does that even mean you know like what what is reality you know like you're that doesn't you can choose to believe that and live your life and that's fine if that makes you happier that's how you want to live your life i'm fine with that i tend to want to go further i want to know what's going on and i have come to the fact or the terms that i may never know and that's fine with me you know but i want to search you know like that's i think something i'm supposed to do based on my own experiences and stuff but um yeah I don't know. I'm fine with both schools of thought. I just hate when the other people try and force their ideas down people's throat. It's like, you can believe that there's something magical or mystical about life um, or not. You can believe that there's nothing. There's no secrets or whatever. It's just is what it is. We're here. We're, we're molecules vibrating at a certain frequency and that's it. And I'm fine with that, but don't, you know, cram your ideas down other people's throat or like talk shit to other people. That's what gets me. It's like either way, or it's the the people that say, no man, it's like consciousness and, and we're, you know, all one and the, and you got, you know, like, so it's like, it goes both ways, but I find it more the materialistic and physical materialism. People, um, are the ones that have more of like a ax to grind with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, this idea of like being able to brush it off as a hallucination, just I don't think it really stands up to the experience. Like, hallucination, sure, but like just to be able to like brush off the psychedelic experience alone and be like, okay, right now we're not in a hallucination. As soon as you take a psychedelic, that's when you when you start hallucinating. It's like anyone who's done uh, I have like a lot of acid or something like that. Like I can relate to it. Uh, what I'm about to say on, on my most intense acid trip is that. There is no like distinction between not tripping and starting to trip. It's not like going into a dream. It's not like all of a sudden I'm sober, then I go asleep, and then I wake up in this different reality. It's not like that. It's like, um, at least I'm using my acid trip as an example. I take my acid, a lot of it, and very slowly reality starts to change. And very slowly it goes from me talking to my friend and he's a separate friend to all of a sudden he's an aspect of my mind and I'm now telepathically communicating with him. <laughs> right. It's like, it, that's not a quick jump. And the thing is, if it was simply a, a, a hallucination, it wouldn't be able to um, coincide and it wouldn't be able to fit into my non-hallucinatory experience. The thing is they merge perfectly because if it is a hallucination, this is a hallucination as well. Um, wow. how, yeah, how, 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 would I, how would I explain that better? It's like, um, it's because, because what they're trying to say is that the hallucinations uh, can be chalked down to the fact that your chemicals are changing in your brain. But mm-hmm. our chemicals are creating this experience right now. And all that's happening is we're just simply altering the chemicals. Yeah. And so our experience is altered, you know, but that's all of this is because of chemicals, you know. We are just um, a large sack of drugs. I mean, you know, big yeah. sack of goo. <laughs> we're just a big, big sack, sack of, you know, endorphins and, you know, we produce DMT in our bodies. We produce, you know, 
lots of different hormones and different things. Yeah. You know, we're we're basically like you said, we're just changing our chemical formula a little bit when we start to do these psychedelics. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. It just all it is is altering the dream. It's just altering what type of hallucination you're having. <laughs> right. Um, and like and when I'm you get when you get happy, you're alternating your you know when you get happy, you release endorphins. That's a chemical being altered in your yeah. brain. So in a sense, you laughing is a is an alteration of your chemicals. So yeah, exactly is that right. real or is that a hallucination? I exactly you know. right. That's the point. That's the point. And the thing is as well is like um, you are learning real things from this place. Like. Um, it's hard, you know, you're trying to define, is it truth or is it just your brain being jumbled? I, I define it as truth simply because um, I think I think what is true stands up to the conditions of reality. So as long as, you, you know, what you learn from the psychedelic experience makes you function better um, and makes you, um, uh, well, yeah, function better and more effectively and um then you can basically say that the things you learn from that place are true. That seems to be the case. It's like I went there and all of a sudden they're telling me to be more positive. They're telling me to do the things I want to do, to stop giving my power away to other people. But they're saying it in an extremely trippy way, <laughs> a way that I won't question, you know. And um, and I'm sure enough, I'm like, fine, fine. I've heard this a million times on TV from celebrities and crap, but finally I'm going to listen to it. And sure enough, yeah, it seems to be true. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there is a certain truth to, I mean, I think law of attraction goes two ways. Recently, I've had an experience where it went the opposite way, where I was thinking about something negative so much that it almost, it physically happened, you know? Um, and I was just hyper-focusing on it. And, you know, I have OCD, so that's probably part of the problem, but I usually keep it pretty, pretty tight under control. I'm not like, um... Uh, as bad as I once was initially or people that you would see on TV shows and stuff like that, which I was at one point, but, um, this kind of set me back and it just, you go down this like thought loop that where what you're saying is if you think positively and you take these steps to do these positive things, good things will come or you will manifest that reality. I think the same thing is true from the negative standpoint of things, you know? So when people get stuck in like the poor me or why me, or this isn't going to get any better, like the old Eeyore, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's the same oh, truth. Yeah. It's just the opposite side of it. And, um, yeah. I think that the best way to do, if you can stay somewhere in the middle, but lean more towards the positive is the best thing. So you're not constantly so up. So if the littlest thing happens, you come down, but at the same point, you're like balanced with the ability to go up, you know, that's the way I look at it at least. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I know for sure my mind is, uh, considerably more positive from obviously before these experiences. Um, and I think the biggest change in it is that, um, I, I guess, uh, I don't, you know, it's hard to actually say it. For one, it, de it definitely, like, I used to entertain, like, it's not that I was ever suicidal, but it's like, there's this thought that pops up, um, and it'd be like, you know, if everything gets so bad, I could just kill myself. <laughs> right. And it's like, whereas now it's like, I'm like, nothing will kill me. Like, why would I ever be so down about something when, like, I, at least I'm alive? Right. It's 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 funny. Like it's very hard to pinpoint what the change is, um, 
but there's just something where, like, I broke up with my girlfriend. You know what it is? You know what it is? Um, it helps you do the right thing. I think it helps you make the right choices. And it's much easier to wake up and look in the mirror and say, you know what, I don't give a fuck what kind of situation I'm in at the moment. At least I'm a good person. I think that's the major difference right now is it's helped me be a better person. It's helped me be a good person. Um, yeah. And that's, that's why I, I think that's where the biggest improvement in my life has come from is I'm trying in every moment to do the right thing. I think the important thing, too, is what you said before, too, is these entities or whatever were telling you, stop giving your power away, start taking control and doing the things you want to do. And I think that's yeah. the most important thing is don't, if you have any kind of fear or anxiety or depression or whatever, you got to not let that thing take over because that's its own monster. Um, and just go do what you want to do, you know, like follow your dreams. You know, if you work nine to five and you have a passion, then when you get off work, start doing your passion, you know, like don't let anything hold you back from doing, you know, what you got to do. And I think that's, you know, what I would look, take from that as the most important, more, you know, most important thing, you know? So, I mean, that's why we started doing this podcast. I listened and watched to a lot of podcasts for a long, long time. And I'm like, I wish they had more, I wish all the episodes, you know, like I watched Joe Rogan and I watched Duncan Trussell or listen to Duncan Trussell, mm-hmm. listen to, you know, even history and philosophy podcast and all this stuff. But I wish that some of those ones were all about like the science and the introspection and, you yeah. know, you know, cause there's yeah. some that are comedy and some, you know, and I like all, I like the comedy ones. I like all the, the variety, but at the same time, I'm, I was just thinking to myself, I want to. I wish every episode was this deep dive, you know, into some sort of mm-hmm. category that Absolutely. I find interesting, you know, so. I think you guys have a really sick podcast. Um, I'm surprised Thanks, actually that you, yeah, no, I'm surprised you guys aren't bigger than you are at the moment, but then I had to start looking at your channel and I saw that your numbers are increasing faster now than they were when we had our first podcast. And <laughs> yeah. Like, was, yeah, we're, like, we're snailing cool. along here. That's... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah the, the rate of growth is picking up. And I think um, <laughs> you guys deserve it. Like, um, I, I, lo- I really do like what you guys are doing here. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I think that, you know, obviously some of our better episodes, I think are ones that you've been on. But I also think, too, that with all this stuff, you know, YouTube and, and all that stuff, it's just this weird thing where it's like something catches on and then, you know, it's spreads and you got to see this video, you know, like you, you have that one super popular video where you have like 500,000 views or something along those lines. Um, and, uh, that probably, you know, got you to where you're at with your channel. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you have to also with this hard work, I mean, Jesus don't, yeah no 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 i'm just i'm just saying you need something to go like viral with all this stuff it's in society today you need some you need like one thing to put you over the top and even talk to you know you watch all these comedian pod you know like tiger belly or burt kreischer all these different you know joe rogan joe rogan was nothing until he had that incident with carlos mencia where he called him out for stealing jokes and that thing went viral and all of a sudden his i I think that's what took him to the next level he was already popular you know he was on fear factor and had his podcast and stuff but i don't think it was nearly as big as it is now you know but um I think well, that we do the we do the podcast for us first, and if people you know catch on and enjoy it, then that's that's second nature. But we do it for our own curiosity. Right, that comes first. We try and you know please ourselves, and then 
hopefully others will yeah. follow. We're not trying to cater. To, you know, we're not trying to cater to anyone. We're just doing what we find interesting. I'm kind of on my own path of enlightenment. If I see something cool or like you, I saw your videos. You know, I watched a few of your videos on YouTube and then I saw you on Facebook and I'm like, oh shit, that's that guy. Let me reach out to him. I liked his videos, you know? So that's kind of where we are here now. But I, again, I think it's, it's just this it's our own journey it's it's less of what we think people will like and what and i think that's probably what's taking longer and also we don't like buy views or anything like you know there's a lot of channels that'll get people to you know crank up the views and crank up the numbers and stuff like we don't do any of that it's it's all whoever's watching's watching and we're gonna go at the pace that we're going at so in all honesty with my channel like the first three videos i made um i think like the first three all have over a hundred thousand by themselves but Oh, they yeah. they were shared like three months apart oh. and i didn't give a fuck like i i released it and i was like no one's gonna see this uh, <laughs> and i right. was like and the biggest video i have i specifically named it that so nobody would watch it unless <laughs> they'd heard of terence mckenna <laughs> yeah. and then everyone's like oh what the hell is a machine elf <laughs> yeah but um you know i think it's kind of like almost like picking up chicks or something like that like yeah, chicks don't want right. to have to do anything with you if you're like all about them and you're just waiting for them to reply to you and they want to see you live in your own life at the right. same time they don't want you to be an asshole and they don't want you to be this there's this perfect balance between living your own life doing your own thing but also catering for them right um and so that's that's where i kind of started changing because after my big video it was a lot bigger than I was expecting. And I was like, I don't actually know. Like, my mom all of a sudden watches the video. <laughs> Some of my people, that I, you know, they're like, oh, I, I know you. You're that, you're that guy who smoked DMT. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but, <laughs> like I, this, I don't know if this is, this is a good thing right now. And I noticed that I started watching my videos that were um, uploaded directly after that video. And I was like, these suck. Like, compared to what I, my first three, and compared to the videos I'm making now, at least in my opinion, they just sucked. And I privated them now. And I think what happened was I wasn't ready for that attention. And I just kind of, I, I wanted to push it away. And I was like, this is, this is too much for me right now. Right. <laughs> um, but now I've, I've kind of striked the balance where it's like, I'm making the, I think I'm just making the videos for me. And um, I've noticed a few of my commenters are saying that my last videos are the best they've they've seen and i think it's just because um it's less general but at least it's at least if i enjoy it it doesn't matter how many views it gets it's it was fun to upload and at least i expressed myself at least something i got out of it instead of these other videos i privated where i'm just i don't know i don't i don't even want to get into those ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah how often yeah. do you upload yeah. what's uh, how what's that how often do you upload I'm trying to do it once a week now. Um, like I haven't successfully done it once a week yet, but yeah. um, that's the goal: is to go once a week. Yeah, well, it's good to set a little schedule. If you if you hit it, you hit it. But it's good to push yourself to try and get to it. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we shoot for two a week. We took like a month off with like because we were on vacation and doing some other things. But we shoot for two a week. Sometimes we don't do that. Sometimes we do one, and other weeks we'll do three. It just depends. And also, when you get guests on, you got to kind of go by their schedule and when right. they can come on and that kind of stuff too. So it gets kind of messed up that way. But yeah, man, I mean, it, YouTube's an interesting thing for sure because they're, they're they're you know they've definitely cracked down on a lot of different stuff. Um, and I find myself, you know, um, 
depending on the topic, having to have them manually review the video. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Most of my videos have been demonetized. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. So yeah. it, it's it's you know I find it's obviously the ones where you're talking about very specifically about psychedelics and you know ingestion or this and that you know, like tripaport type stuff. But I like to have these more spiritual metaphysical conversations about it because i think it's more interesting like i don't even care about people's trip reports per se unless something crazy happens and it means something to them i want to hear about it obviously but um when you're talking about just oh and then i saw this and then i saw that like i don't care about visuals like what did you take away from it per like what did it do for you you know like i think that's what people get caught up on uh, with a lot of these things is like, oh, I saw this or I saw that. Or, you know, you even look at a lot of these videos and there's people trying to describe what you saw. And I think that a lot of it's pro- it's most of it's indescribable. Like if you've done these things, you know, there's no way to take that knowledge back with you and you can do your best, you know, your best to explain it or whatever, but it's still not doing the experience justice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think what interests me most is when people talk about what they think they saw is. Um, I think that's what I find most interesting. Like um, if someone says, um, I met these aliens, I want to know why you thought they were aliens and I want to know what they taught you and I want to, you know, these are the sort of things that, that interest me and, and um, that's, I guess that's what I started doing with Trip Whip. Um, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I just, I guess I want people to be able to share, uh, what they experience more. And I think that there is a legitimate, a legitimacy to the experience, um, which a lot of people don't acknowledge. And, um, that's why they're too afraid to talk about on YouTube because it's like, oh man, I'm going to look like that crazy guy who's taking my hallucination seriously. It's like. Maybe we should take our hallucinations a little bit more seriously. We seem to take this hallucination very seriously. So maybe we should take those other ones a little bit more seriously as well. Well, pretty jam, brother. Well, you you know, <laughs> and you bring up a good point. Like, look at all the, some of the indigenous um, people and cultures and like South America and the Amazon and different stuff, you know, um, they don't, and I don't know specifically because I've never met a ton of them, but just from what I've learned and things that I've seen and things that I've read, it seems like a lot of them don't have similar psychological issues as us. And ones that, let's say, people, you know, um, that do ceremonies regularly down there, you know, a lot of them are probably more mentally healthy than us. You know, we'll, we're eating all this garbage and watching all this stuff and satiating ourselves with technology and, you know, all that stuff. And these Porn. people, and these people are living these, these true, <laughs> yeah. People are living these, these, um, you know, almost like hunter gatherer lifestyle and they're happy, you know? So I think that, yeah. um, there's something awesome about that. And I also think that there's something to be said about that kind of a lifestyle. You know, I think you brought up, Graham Hancock before, you know, and he talks about in like most of his books, like if we get hit by an asteroid or a comet and something happens, the people most likely to survive are the hunter gatherers, you know, because they live in an environment where when stuff goes to shit, they can live off the land. No problem. That's number one. Number two, they're mentally prepared for that kind of a thing already, you know? Um, and and, you know, it's just one of those things where I think that, um, yeah, I mean, 
and, and even with drug addiction and stuff down there, you know, you watch, I've seen documentaries and stuff. They expose their kids to psychedelics at an earlier age. Like this is what this is. This is, you know, some native American cultures like vision quests. Like it's kind of like a coming of an age becoming a, you know, a man type thing. And it's, it's treated with respect and everything. And you have kids in Western cultures and, you know, now like, Oh, that I want to smoke toad venom. And, you know, I want to smoke five MEO and, and see the white light. You know, it's just this thing where it's like, I'm not going to lie. Like when we were in high school, yeah, we wanted to eat mushrooms and see crazy shit. But then I think that when I got a little bit older, I realized these aren't toys or things to just mess around with like there's this is serious you know there's something going on here so i think that you know you got to treat them with respect and the reverence that they deserve but i think that um i think people are kind of becoming hip to that i mean you'll always get the idiots out there just acting acting like buffoons but for the most part it's you know i think people are starting to get the message a little bit yeah i think so i'm hoping that a little bit of um, once these things become legal to uh, research scientifically um, and we start seeing just the profound positive effects that they have on people that um, we will start treating them with a little bit more reverence but also the visions um, because you're right because there are these people who are invested with this um, realm of reality who are probably a lot uh, more satisfied than us certainly a, a lot less uh, greedy and a lot more grateful um, than we are and um, I think that's probably because there is something incredibly humbling about um, the psychedelic experience I call it the psychedelic experience whatever that place is there's very mm-hmm. something very humbling about going there because you realize just how little you know and um, mm-hmm. all of the worries that you have in your life trying to control your life that is just you just you like you can't survive in that place if you're trying to control your experience so you just let go and once you let go there you realize like all of the problems in your life, they, are, they pale in comparison to what you really have. What you think about where we came from, like we don't have to worry about freaking getting eaten by saber-toothed cats anymore. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> you know right. I mean? like, we don't have to worry about, are we going to be able to eat tonight? Yes. We're going to be able to wake up tomorrow. We don't have to worry whether or not we're going to wake up tomorrow. What else do we really need? But some, for some reason, we do need a whole lot more, apparently. For some reason, we need to rule the world and we need to, uh, I need at least 100 channels on my TV, you know, all this bullshit. Right. Um, and that's just something that I, I think that getting in touch with this place, and I'm not entirely sure why, but for some reason, getting in touch with this place just humbles you and makes you so much more appreciative for what we have. I, I, like, yeah, yeah. Do you think it's possible, you know, the freedom of thought that you feel in these realms, do you think that's possible to achieve that um, in day-to-day consciousness or day-to-day reality? I think about that sometimes. And if so, is that close to enlightenment or is that what enlightenment is? You know, I wonder about that sometimes. I like to think, I like, I definitely like to think so. Um, I mean, considering the change it's had on me. Um, I think that, you know, I'm certainly not enlightened or anything in that extent. I still, uh, struggle. I've been, these past two days have been, um, the most stressful days I've had for a very long time. Um, but I just react differently to the stress now. And, um, I think that's a big part of it. I think, you know, there's that old, um, there was that old saying or um, story about in Buddhism, I think, where the guy uh, goes for a shop 
I, it's something to do with the bull. It's like he, he rides his bull into town or something and then he goes shopping and one day he becomes enlightened and then the next day he rides his bull into town. Nothing changes for him. And it's like, that's, that's right. It's like, I don't think anything really changes. It's just that you don't, you become a lot more appreciative in life and you become, you just don't freak out. It's like that place that you go to, that might be the place that we go to when we die. Like that's a strong possibility. And I think that one of the reasons why we struggle with life so much is actually there's the fear of death is actually at the root of a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we're yeah. afraid to, yeah, I think we're afraid to live our life because maybe then we will love life too much. Maybe we will appreciate life too much. And then when we die, we're going to freak out, you know, because then we're going to lose this thing that we love. And so subconsciously we just kind of sabotage life a bit because at least then when we die, it's, we're not going to be losing too much, but that's not the case. That's just us giving into the fear of death and, I think, yeah, once you have this experience where you go to this place where you perhaps go when you die, you're like, oh, well, that actually is dope as hell, that place. And, um, you know, I, now I'm not afraid to live my life because at the very end of it, I'm just possibly going to go there. This thing, this fear that's always been in the back of my mind is just loosened a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think it's something like that. And so perhaps that's becoming enlightened, but... I would never go as far as to say that um, I am enlightened. So, yeah, I could never know. Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, I, we talked about this. Who was we? Who were we talking about this? I don't know. One of our last couple episodes, um, and I was saying, you know, there's moments where I have like an epiphany. I'm like, oh, I got it, you know. And it's just like this feeling, not that I know everything, but that things make more sense or things yeah. come into focus and are a lot clearer. Um, but then you lose it, you know, it's not something that, that, you know, whether your thought, you know, your, your mind travels right after that and, you know, ADHD or different things, you know, um, but it's this, I think of enlightenment as, you know, that fleeting glimpse that you get when you have that one thought, Roger Waters. And you have that one thought and you're feeling like, oh yeah. And you want to hold on to it forever. I think that's what enlightenment is, is being able to achieve that all the time. And I don't even know if that's possible, this idea of enlightenment, you know, like I think that people talk about it, you know, you can, I'm sure there's some people that have gotten close or had some semblance of it, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. And I think the people who have been enlightened have just walked amongst us and acted exactly as we do. And so there's never going to be, proof to us that somebody's enlightened or not and i think they're going to experience the exact same emotions as us um it's like you know i was listening to um somebody explaining how um when we go through events that like that we're afraid of and we overcome them the next time we come up to that event we still feel the exact same amount of fear but now we have strength on our side. Mm. And it's a very weird thing. It seems to contradict itself, but it doesn't. It's just you come into contact with something and it still induces the same amount of fear, but then you have strength to overcome it. And each time you overcome it, you get stronger and stronger, but the amount of fear that you feel never changes. And that might be the case with an enlightened person. They may become stressed. They may um, become attached to somebody. And when they lose it, they may be upset but they never fall into this pit of despair and they never fall into this hopelessness because they hold to them this truth that says it's all okay. Mm-hmm. And even as they're stressed and even as they're upset, they think to themselves, I know I'm stressed, 
but it's okay to be stressed. Right. And it, you know, it's like that might be the enlightened person, someone who goes through everything that we go through, but is okay with it and doesn't resist it as much as we do. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, what do you think, Maurice? Because I mean, you've probably done the least psychedelics between the three of us here. But what do you think? from your last couple ones that you've done or cause you're a little bit more skeptical about stuff. Do you think that it is some sort of, you know, brain chemistry at work and it's just all hallucinations, it's illusion. Or do you think that there's something more to the whole phenomena? I think that it can open up some doors. Definitely. I think you need to take it. Um, I think a lot of the times I've taken, it's been more in a recreational sense and kind of like what you were saying, you got to kind of take it in, in more of a ceremonial atmosphere, you know, and uh, really pay attention to what you're doing and try and go in with a, an end goal and you'll come out with something more. So, yeah, I don't know. I uh, Like I said, I, I've done a lot of it, you know, partying and stuff. And Yeah, your last experience mixed. sounded like a Hunter S. Thompson experience, a little, uh, a little Lucy, a little Lucy at the casino. Oh, yeah, yeah, I took a little... Took a little loose, and then I the floor started to flow, so I had to get back. But you know, that's the, that's the thing. I took it; it's almost like a waste because when once you're on it, I couldn't I couldn't tell myself, all right, now it's time to really dive deep. You gotta have that that thought beforehand, you know, because once you're on yeah. it, then all hell broke loose. So I was just yeah. kind of sitting in my bathroom watching the floor tiles <laughs> flow, and yeah. you know, so. I, you got to go in with something and maybe in my future I will. I'm not sure. It'd be worth trying. Like it is your intent behind it. That's why um, I've spoken to quite a few people who have said to me, you know, you can do all this stuff sober and they're probably right. Like um, I think you could, like I don't like using the placebo effect um, like as the terminology a lot, but I think a big part of it is something to do with whatever the placebo effect is as well, because it's mm-hmm. like, um, if like yeah like um as i was saying before i'm smoking weed now and having like insane experiences um, at least compared to my previous weed trips where i would have never imagined this possible to be ha- uh, to be had on weed and um i think it's because all of a sudden something in my head was like you know weed's a psychedelic i bet if you start treating it with some reverence that it's going to open up and change and next thing before i'm smoking this weed i'm getting nervous i'm like oh geez like all right, here we go. Like, okay, I'll just get myself together and <laughs> get myself composed. We're about to have a blast off. And it's like, man, chill out. You're about to smoke weed. But sure enough, it's almost like a blast off experience. I think there'd be some people who are like, sit down for meditation or like sit down under the Arjuna lights or something. And they're like, okay, here we go. Just about to have that blast off experience. And, and, and they do it to themselves. This reality is, is, a much, is much more imagination, I think, than we realize. Um, I think our imagination acts as one of the tools to kind of um, bring our reality together. Um, the, 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 I was saying in my last video, you know, it's like um, what defines your reality and the way your reality functions all comes down to your belief system. And I say that because your belief system is what affects the way you interpret your reality. And there is no distinction between your interpretation of reality and your experience of reality or therefore reality itself. It's like, so if you believe something to be possible, your reality will find a way for you to experience that. And it's very hard for us to believe that because it's like, well, it, well just because the re- it depending, if you, if you uh, don't believe that's possible, then reality is going to fit that way. It's, 
you know, uh, it bas basically, I think if you believe that you can have these sort of experiences, if you put the intent behind it and you sit down and you, and you take LSD and you're like, yes, I can have an experience which gets me in touch with entities and uh, shows me all this sort of stuff, you can have that experience. You can have it. Like if you guys want to have that sort of breakthrough, you probably don't need DMT to have that breakthrough. You guys can, you can try it on some LSD or something like that as well. Yeah, I mean, I've you know, I've pushed the limits in my younger years. You know, I on a couple episodes ago, I talked about when I was younger. I took up, I took ten Gs of dried uh, psilocybin yeah. one, and uh, I mean, I've even done crazier stuff. At one, I was at a fish festival when we were younger, and I took probably four or five Gs of dried, and then three or four tabs, and um, oh. stuff was pretty intense. So, I mean, I've done my fair share of. <laughs> going down the rabbit hole um you know yeah. more recent years i just like i like psilocybin i think that's my my go-to I, I just like i like you feel free like and i I'm, I'm i like thinking and like coming up with like thought experiments while i'm you know in there kind of a thing you know yeah. Yeah. um just from stuff i've learned from research and doing the podcast and things theories that people have talked about um i like thinking about that kind of stuff when i'm in there you know so I think that allows you to be present enough to do that, but also free enough to not have any restrictions while you're thinking about it. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say, like, I know now if I took anything over um, um, five grams of mushrooms, it would almost certainly be a full DMT experience. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't always like that for me. Um, I know when I started off using psychedelics, um, I could quite comfortably have a very high dose and mix it together and things like that. And, um, it wouldn't be the same sort of experience. So I'm guessing when you tried, when you did like the, uh, three or four grams or five grams of dried mushrooms and mixed it with three or four tabs, was that kind of a recreational thing that you're doing? Um, well, the one I took did the with the dried with the tabs that was actually at at this band fish um they were having like a festival um where i just back i mean i'm a musician too so i just liked um going to this other place i mean i've been to plenty of fish shows sober too and it's amazing you know it's just one of those things where i was younger i was experimenting i kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit i was there all weekend you know i didn't have anywhere to go or drive anywhere or do anything and it's almost like a big it's a festival where they've got like you know art and food and you know amusement rides there's all sorts of stuff there so it was this crazy um kind what of did you see? what did you see so like uh like a lot of the they had these lights set up on either side of the stage they're like floodlights um they have a light show that's sick but separate from that like leading up into there there was these floodlights with these like nets or like boundaries um connected to them and the lights turned into portals where it just started turning into circle 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 until it was like infinity and i you literally I was stuck in almost like what you see, you know, the old Twilight Zone where it's that circle, that ever, that never-ending inf infinite circle kind of a thing. Like that's kind of what was happening. Um, but it, yes, yeah, sorry about that, folks. We got we got kicked out for this home carte blanche. I was 18 years old, could do whatever I wanted, and um, it was an amazing experience. I mean, it was definitely enlightening. But that again, back then, I wasn't into the kind of stuff. I'm, I wasn't, you know, into like philosophy and science and research. And I was just kind of yeah. 
living, if that makes sense, you know. That's what and just, I'm talking about, man. I wish I would have taken it with me. <laughs> um, but if, if I had the knowledge I had now and done it, I think I would have had a completely different experience. But obviously you can't go back in time. I mean, or can you, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think also um, our experience of these psychedelic states is basically what we remember. Like, right. You know, uh, right. yeah, I, I think the extent to which you remember your, um, your psychedelic trip is how much you experience. And um, how you remember it is based on how much you know and how, you know, what the tools you have to interpret it with. So if you if you were to do it now, there's no doubt you'd have an entirely different experience. Have you? When was the last time you had a mushroom trip? Ooh, it was probably spring. Maybe it was. It was pretty visionary. I actually started writing a book. I've kind of put that on pause because I've just been so busy. Um, but I had this epiphany and these ideas when I when I and I only I think it was like two or three grams of. Um, cubensis i think it was specifically penis envy ones um they, they get they tend to give you a little bit more creativity than the other ones in my opinion but that's just my perception of it but so i had this idea when i was under um for this book in that i went through like <laughs> like like a whole timeline of history and just different people's perceptions and just had all this like weird thing where it's like oh this is what this guy was doing this guy did this this guy and it's almost like went through like all the visionaries and like what they were doing it was just a weird experience um that to this day is probably one of the more um one of the more intense ones i think that i've had in in terms of you know ideas and, and creativity and stuff like that but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think if, if I've done anything not, haven't really done anything major. I mean, and even like the whole, you said the weed thing, I stopped vaping obviously cause all the issues going on with vaping. I was getting the, you know, I was doing the ones that were legit, but it's still just until they figure out what's going on, it's really just not worth it. You know, um, all the people getting sick and dying and stuff, but, um, yeah, even when I smoke weed now, cause I don't really smoke weed, um, when I smoke weed, it's like what you said, like I get, I go there, you know, it's that, it's that old feeling, you know, like the first time or early on when you first started to try it and it's that it's new, it's fresh. You know, I think that, um, a lot of people in, in the psychedelic community and stuff, they're so deep in it. If they took a break, I think too, you know, and, and took a step back, you know, from just from people I've met and talked to and stuff, I just think that there's a lot of people that do it so regularly that it's no longer a treat or like an experience. It's just something. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way, I'm not condemning that or talking shit about that or anything. I just think that if you have more perspective and, and, um, you know, you take a little bit of a break from anything, whether it's weed, psychedelics, anything, and you come back to it, it's, it's, it's more of a treat. It's more enlightening, you know, in my opinion, at least. Totally. I think, uh, because it shows that you respect it as well. Like you get taught, these at least have the potential to teach you a lot um and if you just like if you learn a whole bunch and then the next day you smash exactly the same amount you're like yes let's get straight back in there it's showing that you're not prepared to integrate these lessons and what you're saying to your brain is that i don't want i can't be bothered learning these things i'm not going to remember it i'm not trying to remember it so i don't want to learn these things right and so you know these experiences stop teaching you this stuff it'd be really interesting actually if you um did like a live like after all this time and not smoking weed 
did like a live video of you smoking bud and then meditating or something like that <laughs> or like tracking mushrooms like if you want a viral video that'll do it for you and, right um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean to be honest um, with you though i i don't meditation i do regularly now i mean i think we've talked about this before i have my own technique it's actually on our website if anybody uh under recommendations it's at the bottom um it's my own kind of a thing mixed with our grandfather who was kind of like a visionary inventor he used to meditate a lot so i kind of took a little bit of what he was doing a little bit of my own thing um and i've can go two hours sometimes and just feel it's feel like 10 minutes you know it's weird but what does it take dude uh, I mean, I go, I see these lights, these like portal things after a while and I try and follow them in my mind, if that makes sense. Um, and have you ever, have you ever seen Papa? That's what we called our grandfather. No, no, never Papa. But, um, I've seen, I've gone places, um, and you follow the, and you, you, it's almost, I don't know. It's so hard to explain. I've seen actually disembodied heads. Um, Jesus. I've seen weird things. Um, but you know, these lights, these He's like, I don't even know how to, I see these lights and they just, they float around and then they take different forms and then they float back and I try and like follow them, but they also dissipate and then they come back and then I follow that for a while um, until it becomes this like light and then I try and follow into there. Um, What do you think the lights are? I have no idea. I've talked to other people about it. One of my other buddies um, who actually started that app DMT world, we were talking about it for a while. And he said that he's talked to a couple people, same thing. Like he's experienced it, but nobody really knows what it is. Um, I've seen it before, before I go fall asleep sometimes too, uh, where I'm closing my eyes and I'm not really that tired, but I'm trying to go to sleep, you know, um, similar. I feel, you know, it's not cause I, since I'm not meditating, I don't really go into that realm, but if I'm trying to meditate, I also listen to, uh, different frequencies. Like the one I've been, that's my favorite ones, the 528 Hertz, um it's on youtube you can pull it up um could i could i make a suggestion for the next time you sure i'm meditating and i don't know if this could apply but um if you see the lights um instead of pursuing them um try and uh you know how to let go during meditation or you'd have to to get oh, to yeah. that place yeah 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 so just continue that up, I think, at that point. And I would guess that you, the lights would consume you. Like I feel like that you would go into the light. If, that, if at that, that point that's what I'm saying when I follow it a little bit and then it like starts to pulsate over me. I can almost, you can almost like feel it. Like it's almost palpable. Right. Um, right. And then you go into it. And then, I mean, I've gone to weird oh. places that like, ge- like geographical locations where I'll get like an image of something. I don't know what the fuck it is. I've never seen this thing in my life. It almost looks like it's on a different world, you know? One of them actually that looked like it was in your your neck of the woods. It looked like it was somewhere in Australia. <laughs> it was like a cliff with like some grass on top of yeah, it. Paul Hogan popped uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 just, I, I say that only because uh, um, obviously like um, I, I relate to the, the light from the DMT experience and um, some, of, some of the more intense psychedelic experiences. Um, for me, it's it's kind of like um, it's like the root of the imagination. Um, you know, it's like all colors exist within within light, and for some reason that means something. I don't know what it means, mm-hmm. but it's like I think um, everything that is is in in reality, everything that's possible is in the white light. And the only times I've ever been able to get into the 
the lights have been when I've let go entirely. It seems perhaps it's like when you let go of everything, um, because one of the things that I did actually, I remember on my acid and shrooms trip, the, um, the machine elves did come to me during that. And they said something just weird and trippy. They're like, you know that the third dimension is held together by focus. If you lose your focus, then the third dimension will collapse. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then somehow just like lost focus and then started tripping balls. Um, and I think it was if I maintained not focusing on anything, everything would break apart entirely until it just turned into white light. It's something like that. Like that's why it's at the root of your death. Everything mm -hmm. uh, breaks apart and it turns into white light. So I'd be really interested if you like you got to do a trip report, I think, on like this white light experience. Um, and if you're able to if you go into the white light, which you're saying you do, um, maybe try to report on this. I'd, I'd watch that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I've thought about it, but yeah, I will definitely think about it. I've actually, I need to do more meditation. I've kind of cut back. I do it maybe once a week now. I used to do it like three or four times a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I usually fast in the morning and take a quick shower and then do it, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I've definitely taken some things out of that that have been productive in my day-to-day -day life too. It's not just something, it calms you down too. You come out of it just feeling right. like relaxed, refreshed, almost like you got a full night's sleep, even maybe if you didn't, you know, so there's that aspect of it. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's one of those weird things where, um, again, this is why we question reality, right? I mean, who knows exactly what's going on? It's just the fact that we're here now, we're living, right. breathing magic, talking through a computer. Stardust. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> I like, now I'm doing, like, some lucid... I'm trying to get back into lucid dreaming, and, like, the next phase I want to do is I want to start interviewing people in the dreams. I want to be like, do you have... I Like, what is? what are you thinking? I want to, like... The next time I lucid dream, I really want to get a pen and paper out and, like, ask them to draw something. I don't know why. I just want to see what they'll draw. You know what's <laughs> weird about lucid dreaming, and I don't know if this is true for you, but it's true for me. It's always first person i never but i never see like my body or anything it's interesting isn't it yeah you never see like you or like now i'm looking around oh i'm here this is my hand this is this you know when i when you go into the dream mode that doesn't you're that's not there it's just like the thought or like the um the your mind you know if you do think so that you, you don't see your body in your lucid dreams i don't oh. i think i have i think i have um I've seen my hands at least. Now that you say that one time, I think I manifested, I was being chased or something and I like manifested a gun in my hand and was like fighting back against these people or something, something along those lines. But I, I, that was like a long time ago, but for the most part, um, yeah, it's usually just like the mind pretty much. It's very fascinating. I like, I think all these things can give us an insight as to like what is happening inside our mind because I remember at work, this dream psychologist came up to me and he rocked my world. At this point, I was having all these lucid dreams where every time I became lucid and the people in my dream realized that I was lucid, they'd come up and force me to sleep. Mm. Like one time I, I, I was like, I, I became lucid and I went up to my friend and I was like, yo, I was like, guess what? We're in a dream right now <laughs> and you're a part of my dream. And he was smiling originally and his face just went serious. He's like, just puts his hand into my head and everyone's coming up to put their hand on my head and put me back to sleep. And I start fighting it. And as soon as I start fighting it, eventually I go back to sleep. 
And I told this to this dream uh, psychologist, and I was like, "Like, what is going on? Like, this is like a conspiracy of the mind or something." Right. And then he was like, "He was like, the reason why this is happening is because subconsciously you feel guilty for lucid dreaming for whatever reason." And he was like, "Then your dream is reenacting that um, guilt." And so the next time I lucid dreamed, I, I was just like, "Guess what, guys? I'm I'm lucid dreaming." And everyone was like, "Yeah, we know. Who cares?" <laughs> It was like he, like it changed the entire thing. Um, that's actually um, to go back to the law of attraction. That's actually what I'm going to be talking about in this next video I release. Um, how um, wherever your head's at, that simple your outside world because you're outside, like all, all of your experience right now, like one of the illusions of our experience is inventing this outside world. Right. Um, even though it might be there, as I said before, there might be an outside world. I'm not saying there isn't, but all we ever experience is ourself. We can only ever see what our eyes are picking up, but we don't see the outside world. We see our eyes. You know, we are seeing the the, the light being picked up by um, light detecting cells, and um, and then you know we get the electrical signal that that um, generates. We feel the neurons firing when we touch something, but we don't actually feel the thing. We feel the neurons, basically. Everything we experience is us. And so that's why, um, and then the imagination comes into it somehow and helps us interpret all of these things. And so just like in a dream, wherever your head's at, that's being reflected by the dream characters and by the outside world. I think it's exactly the same here. Um, wherever your head's at, you're attracting that in your world. And I actually don't like the term law of attraction because it, um, it makes it sound like you're attracting something from the outside world. Right. When in fact, I think the outside world is simply reflecting you. It's simply mirroring wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. That's all the outside world ever seems to do. If you're in a positive headspace, all of a sudden you're around positive, beautiful people. And if you're in a bad headspace, all of a sudden everyone's assholes. <laughs> right. No, I <laughs> agree just, with it that. Yeah. It seems to work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> psychedelics for that matter. That's, I think, a great thing that they do too is they um it's basically like a mirror you know and just where what you're talking about more might be this outside world i think with psychedelics it's more of a mirror of yourself so you can see this is what i've been doing or this is what i'm like or this is how i've been talking to people or whatever the case may be so i think that's another element that psychedelics bring to the table that um people don't get enough credit for, or give enough credit for and actually I think we both liked or saw a meme on Instagram. It was the guy who <laughs> he it's uh, the meme said just did a, you know, five grams of mushrooms or something like that. And he's like, now I got to get my life together. And he's on top. He's, mo he's mowing the top of his roof or something like that. Um, I love that one. <laughs> but, th but that's how you feel. You feel like, um, you feel like uh, after you come out of these experiences that, you got to get your shit together. Like no matter if your shit is together, there's always these things that can be worked on that you find within that experience. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's all this stuff's crazy to think about. And, um, I mean, we could talk about this all night, but I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Is there anything else you want to touch on or? I don't think so. I think, um, I guess for all your viewers, I would say, uh, check it out trip whip on youtube that's pretty much the only thing i have associated with trip whip otherwise if you want some trippy shirts go check out my merch store on there as well um and yeah i think that's it for me yeah we've got the link to your youtube channel below um awesome. you are you're on you're on instagram too right people can find you on trip whip mm -hmm. 
yeah, yeah AM on uh, trip whip. It's double P for both trip and whip, though. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, thanks, dude, for coming on. This is always a fascinating conversation. Like I said, I think you're way beyond your years when it comes to um, an old soul. Yeah, the knowledge of these things. I think most people your age are just doing stupid shit, to be honest with you, from at least my experiences. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate that. Maybe that's an American thing. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I seem to be hanging out with people. Yeah, like I, I there's, there's people like 18 now like like some dude who apparently recognized me from my old school he's like a couple of years younger than me and he's he's so wise man like he's just teaching me awesome stuff so um but i appreciate that anyway i'm 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 stressed trying to get my shit together right now so that's a bit um, relieving (laughs) no i mean you seem to even you said the last two days have been stressful you seem to be in good spirits and have a good mind space so um, keep keep plugging away man because if you can get through some of the stuff you know and just keep building off that i think you should be in good shape so um but yeah so check out his channel trip whip and um you can check us out at patreon.com slash mike and maurice uh, like I said, for two dollars a month, you can get um, <laughs> you can get access to exclusive content. And the more people we get, uh, the more exclusive interviews and stuff I'll upload on there. Um, also, check us out at Mike and Maurice Mind Escape dot com. Uh, we're on Instagram, Mike underscore n underscore Maurice, uh, Twitter dot com slash Mike Escape, and uh, we're also on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. So check that out. All right, dude. Thank you so much, guys. Keep out what you're doing as well. You're doing like hyper quality podcasts. Um, I I think it's only a matter of time before you guys get some like some some very good views coming your way. I appreciate that, man. We're just gonna keep doing our thing, and if it happens, it happens. You know, we're gonna try and manifest that law of attraction. You know. (laughs) Uh, But no, I appreciate it, dude. You have a good night. All right. See you guys. Peace. Peace.